0: Welcome to the Pastor Nora King podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Tonight, I'm going to be talking to you about unrelenting prayer. Now, prayer, when you talk about unrelenting prayer, what comes to your mind? Prayer that doesn't give up. Prayer that's unyielding. You see, we're to be yielded to the Lord. Isn't that right? We're to be yielded to Him and that He can shape and mold and make us. We're not to be rigid. We're not to be uh, unpliable in the hands of the Lord. We're to be pliable. And yield to Him. But I'm going to tell you something. There's something about prayer that God wants to drop in the hearts of His people. And it is that you do not relent in prayer. You are unyielding when it comes to receiving what God has said that is available to you. And I'm going to tell you. You know, there's lots of things that we need in our life, Karen. Lots of things every day, the daily lives, material things. You know, we need all of that. But the most important thing that we need is to have fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to to press in to the Lord in that way. We need to press in to Him and be unrelenting in that we're not going to let our needs and our worries, and our cares, and the circumstances of life rob us from that fellowship with the Lord. Now, I can just tell you, because I'm human just like you are, there are so many things that come into our life to stop us from having that sweet fellowship With the Lord. Now, I've told you this many times. When it comes to prayer, I believe what Thessalonians says you pray without ceasing. So I pray in my car. I pray, uh, you know, when I'm putting my makeup on in the morning. I pray whenever I want to, wherever I want to. Now, people may not know that I am, but I am continually without ceasing talking to the Lord. But there comes that time, though, you can't get by on that, folks. You can't get by on just that kind of praying. Lord, help this one. And Father, I'm going to meet this person today. Equip me. Give me your wisdom. You know, I'm going to be dealing with this problem today. Lord help me. Yes, all of that is good, but there comes that this time, Ricky, where you have to have that sweet fellowship with the Lord and you've got to close everything out and you've got to allow him to be first place in your life. You know, I used this example last week, but I believe it bears repeating. You know, with my family, with my husband and and, and my daughter, you know, I don't say, okay, it's 10 o'clock and we've got 30 minutes. Okay, whatever you need to say to me today, you say it within 30 minutes because we're not going to talk the rest of the day. See, I'm in relationship and I have fellowship with my family, but I, I don't do it that way. I have intimacy with my family, just like you have with your family. And see, God wants us to be able to do that with Him, to have those times where we just chit-chat during the day and then have those times where we sit down. And, and, you know, there are just times where we get with people and we just need to look eyeball to eyeball. You know what I'm saying? And talk. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit will allow you to do with the Heavenly Father, to look in, uh, uh, look into to God's eyes and into His heart and allow Him to look into your eyes and your heart and communicate with you and fellowship with you. And that's sweet and that's powerful. And I'm going to tell you something. When you have that kind of encounter with God, you are going to be a different individual. In that time of intimacy and fellowship with the Lord, do you know that God wants to deal with us? You know, there's one place in the Bible that uh, the Bible talks about praying in the Holy Spirit in Romans 8. And he says that God searches the hearts. And when he searches the hearts, do you think he just searches it and doesn't bring a revelation or stir anything up in us? I don't think so he 's going to stir it, and he 's going to bring it to the top and we 're going to see some things about ourselves and know some things about ourselves, you know the other day now i 'm to see true true confessions here Susie i 'm making some, but you know i was I was driving up the road hadn't even noticed this place before uh and and it 's not too far from here and um You know, I I looked at that place and it looks like, you know, that scripture in the Bible that said, I went through by the house of the sluggard, you know, and everything was falling down. It was like I was looking at that house and thinking, how could anybody live in that place? Why don't they clean that yard up and here we go? And you know, the Holy Spirit at that point in time just checked my spirit and said, You don't need to have that kind of attitude. Why don't you pray for him? You know? And see, that's what I'm talking about, where you have a communion with the Lord. And if there's things that are not right, that God can speak to you. You're just hateful, nasty, and unkind. Well, the Lord won't speak it to you just quite that way, maybe. But you know, people are that way. We as human beings, we get that way. And we need some reality. And when you get with your heavenly father and he looks in your eyes and he says, you better stop your judging. Because however you're judging is the same judgment that is coming back to you. I tell you what, that makes things a little bit different, doesn't it? We see things a little bit differently. But you see through that fellowship and that communion with the Lord, being unrelenting in that we're going to have it come hell or high water. And sometimes it's like hell getting to that place. You know what I'm talking about too, you know. But God wants us to have that sweet place, of prayer. And sometimes we have to fight to get there. And it also means when we're talking about unrelenting prayer, it means no abatement. Of intensity, unrelenting prayer is intense prayer. God wants us to have intense prayer, Amen. Now, I saw this. I read this, and it was so outstanding to me. I want you to listen to this: actions on the earth precede actions in the earth. Actions on the earth precede actions. In the earth. What does that mean? What that means to me is when you and I are unrelenting in our prayers. And we have the intensity and the fervency of spirit in our prayers. When we're at that point and when we're getting to that place, we are on the earth praying and God will change things in the earth as a, re- as a result of that. So the actions on the earth, our prayer, our speaking the word, our doing spiritual things, our kindness, our care for others, all of that actions on the earth precede God's action in the earth. And we need to get that in our spirits Because I'm going to tell you something. God moves when people pray. I looked for one to stand in the gap, the Bible says, and make up the hedge. And it's a sad state of affairs. I found none. And we need to take some action on the earth to bring God's action in the earth. But He is waiting on His people to pray. John Wesley said, It seems like God will do nothing except a man will ask and pray. You have not because you ask not. Whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he will give it you. Call upon me and I will answer you. How many times does God have to tell us that? It's true, folks. It is true. And so we have to, we have to take some action on the earth to get the action in the earth. I think I've made that point, haven't I? Now, when I think about someone who was unrelenting in their prayers, I think about Paul. He's just a notable example of a man who was unrelenting and he was fervent in spirit. He was fervent in the spirit of prayer. Now, what is fervency? Fervency is fire. Fervency is zeal. Fervency is warmth of soul. Now, you know what that provokes me to think about? In the book of Revelation, God said that the Laodicean church would be lukewarm. And He said, I would that you were hot or cold, but don't you be lukewarm because I'll spew you out of my mouth. So we know that in the last days, the tendency uh, for the church and what we're going to have to uh, fight against is this lukewarmness and this coldness of spirit. And God wants us not to be cold and lukewarm. He wants us to be on fire with the spirit. The Bible says, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and what? Fire. And so see, God identifies the Holy Spirit and himself with fire. And so when it comes to praying. Our prayers should be fervent. It should warm our souls. It shouldn't be just another old prayer list that we're praying for. Or just another day of, you know, going through the ritual. But it should be an intensity. It should be a fervency. It should be a determination in prayer. That I will be unyielding. To have what my God says that I'll have in this last days. In the last days, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. I refuse to be one that is not full of the Spirit. I may not feel full of the Spirit. But you know what? If I'm not, I am going to get it. Because it's that fervency. See, there's a lackadaisical attitude that the enemy wants us to have, that the world wants us to have. Let's just blend in and fit in. Folks, I'm going to tell you as a Christian, we're not going to fit in and we're not going to blend in. When you're unrelenting in prayer and when you're fervent in prayer... And you have a relationship with the Lord. And when you come out of your prayer closet, that glow and fire is still on you. The world is not going to accept you. They're not going to understand you. They're not going to know. They're not going to know and understand. But that's okay. Because we're not men pleasers, but we're God pleasers. Isn't that true? So we need to be fervent. In our prayers. Now as I look at Paul and uh, him being fervent of spirit when it came to prayer. There were a couple of things that stood out to me. His petitioning of the Lord when you read about it. Was all consuming. Centered upon the object of his desire. It was all consuming. Oh that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection be my prayer partner. Stand with me in this struggle of prayer that I am in. I mean, he he was fervent of spirit. It was all consuming to him. And you know, we need some fire in our praying. Now, let me tell you something that fire is not. Fire is not boisterous. Fire is just not loud for the you know, for the point of being loud. Now, you know, if people get around me, I, I pray loud. I do. You know, I'll just yell and, you know, just go to it. But I'm not trying to do that. That's me. That's my, pr- that's my prayer mode, you know. Now, I, do, I am quiet. You know, I am quiet at times when I'm with the Lord. But there's times when I get into that fervent, intense praying that I just get into it. It's not just, you know, aimless, wondering prayer, but I'm into what I'm praying for. And so, but at the same time, just because I'm loud, does that mean I'm intense or fervent? No, not necessarily. It may be a cover-up because I'm not spiritual. I've seen people do that, you know, just get loud to get attention, you know. So, you know, it can be that. So, but... But when we're talking about fervency, it doesn't mean that you're loud or noisy or, you know, any of those things. What it means is your heart is in your praying. It means that the warm heart is in the prayer. You're connected to the praying. See, sometimes... We're aimlessly praying. In other words, we don't expect to receive what we're praying for because if we come back in five minutes and somebody said, what are you praying for? Well, let me see. I don't know. I guess for God to bless me. Now, I believe in praying bless me prayers. I do believe in that. But if that's the sum total of just, you know, going through some rote or repetitious praying. You know, the Bible talked about, you know, people who just prayed to be seen. That's not fervent prayer. And see, God knows the heart. He looks at the heart. He knows why we're doing what we're doing. And if we're fervent in spirit or not. Amen? Now I'm going to tell you something about being fervent in spirit. If you're at a place in your walk with the Lord, and your fellowship with the Lord, and you don't have that fervency, you don't have the kind of prayer that won't give up, you know, you just yield. Oh, yeah, okay. I knew that that wouldn't happen. And I know the devil's been on my trail all week, and I knew that it wouldn't work. You know, see, you know, if you're at a place in your spiritual walk with the Lord when it comes to prayer and you're not fervent in spirit, I believe that you can be honest with the Lord and I believe ask God to implant the fire back in your life. I believe that He'll meet you there. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. See, the whole thing, you know, we we get in that place many times. Now listen to me right here. We get in the place many times where we think God is mad at us. And because he's mad at us because we had not been praying, because we hadn't been reading the word, and because we hadn't been coming to church like we need to, and because we hadn't, you know, been the influencer for Jesus that we need to, that God is mad at us. i want to tell you something. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. In other words, you take that step, he takes a step toward you. And that is the lie of the enemy to tell you that God is mad at you. Now, is he pleased with our, um, you know, slothfulness? No, I don't think he is pleased at all. But I think he knows our humanity. I think he does know that. And I think he is quick to respond to us when we come to him honestly and just say, Lord, I want this fervency. I want this ability to be able to be unrelenting in prayer, but I don't have it. So would you help me find my way back to that? Because there was a time where I was that way, or maybe you've never, maybe you've never been that way. See, that's what prayer school is all about. Helping us to get back on track. See, as a church, one of the things that Eddie and I want to do is we never want to discourage people who are down and out in their spiritual walk with the Lord. Because if you are, take heart, it can change today. All it takes is a decision, an action that we talked about. An action on the earth will bring God's action in the earth. I really believe that with all of my heart. Being fervent in spirit when it comes to prayer, and one of those things, of course, was his petitioning was all-consuming and centered upon the object of his desire. And the second thing that I observed is this. He really uh, zeroed in on the God who was able to meet the need that he was praying for. He centered in on God. And see, that's what we want to do in fervent prayer. We want to have that strong desire for the thing that we want to receive from the Lord. And then we want to do that. Just center in on God and realizing that He is our all in all. Whatever we need, He is able. If you have a number one priority need in your life right now, if you have that need. You see, I believe if we bring it to God and we pray, I believe that God can change the situation. I believe that. But see, we have to believe that God is who He says He is, and He will do what He said He will do. Not just praying because it's some uh, spiritual exercise that we're supposed to do as Christians and not really expecting anything to happen. We need to expect that the God of the Bible will do what He said He will do. And he said, Whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, he will give it you. Do you need a job? Do you need a home? Do you need health in your body? Do you need God to fix that mess of a family that you have? I don't know what it could be. It could be all kinds of things. But we've got to believe that God will do what he said he would do. And it takes some fervent praying. God, I'm tired of going around this mountain. I've been going around this mountain. For 40 years and I'm tired of it and I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to tell you something. There are things that we go through in our life that God is over it and he is more than wanting to help us and he's trying to point out why we keep going around the mountain and why we can't get past that. And we need to open our heart and our spiritual ears and hear it. If you've been going through the same thing over and over and for periods of time and periods of time. And nothing ever changes. There's a problem. And the problem is not God. It's in us. Everybody say "Us." us. And God will show you. He will show you. He won't condemn you, but He'll show you how to get out of that predicament that you're in. You know, and then if He doesn't show you anything, sometimes, well, He hasn't shown me anything. Well, have you ask Him, are you been listening when it comes to prayer? Are you just doing all the jabbering in prayer and never listening? Boy, I'm getting rough tonight. But we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. And then if He tells us anything, then we need to do it. And then the glitches and, and the blockages that are in that prayer pipeline that stop it from getting to us will be blown out of the way. I just said some things that you need to say la. You need to think upon. Felt that here. Prayers must be red hot. James 5.16 says this. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now that's a scripture that I'm very familiar with. And if you're a Bible reader and a person of prayer, that's a scripture that also you will be familiar with. But I want us to look at this. The effectual... What is an effectual prayer? An effectual prayer is a heartfelt prayer. Everybody say heartfelt. Heartfelt. It also uh, is a continued prayer. Or to put yourself into it prayer. That's the effectual prayer. To put yourself into it. To be connected to your prayer. And also to continue. Now I like that word. You know if you read... In the book of Acts, uh, you know, when, when the disciples, you know, Jesus uh, left and he said, You go into the upper room and you abide there and you continue there until you be endued with the power that's from on high. In other words, when Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit fell after Jesus was gone, the Holy Spirit couldn't come. Until Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came. And He said, You go and wait for that promise of the Spirit there. You wait for that. Do you know? And the Bible said they continued, they persevered. You know why they had to persevere? Because Jesus Himself had been crucified, they were out. After his disciples trying to uh, decipher who belonged to the Lord, there was persecution. They were running uh, every direction and, and the word came, you go and continue in that upper room. You persevere, you be unyielding until the promise of the Spirit comes. And so, see, when I talk about effectual, fervent prayer, that's the kind... Those people, in spite of opposition, in spite of persecution, in spite of obstacles, they continued in their prayer, waiting for the promise to come. And you see, when you get into prayer, he says, the effectual, the heartfelt, the continued, and the putting yourself into it kind of prayer... Of a righteous man avails much. Now, what's this word avail? What does that mean? It actually means prevail. Do you know that God wants you to prevail over your enemies? He wants you to prevail over circumstances. He said if you put your heart into your praying, you continue in your prayer. And, and uh, uh, he said that he would bring this to pass. What? A prevailing prayer. So mightily grew the Word and what? Prevailed. Prevailed over what? Prevailed over witchcraft. Prevailed over whatever the enemy had out there. And so when we get effectual and fervent in our praying, it will cause us to prevail. Do you know that God does not want your enemies prevailing over you? Let not mine enemies. Doesn't the Bible say that? Don't let them get the upper hand, Lord. I can tell you if you're effectual and you're fervent and you're praying, it'll keep the devil from getting the upper hand. Now, you know, there are times that it looks like the devil wins. But you know what? You just got to keep fighting the good fight of faith until you get your victory. It's not over until you win. You know, sometimes the enemy gets us down. He'll catch us at a weak time. You know, he gets us in a, you know, the chokehold, so to speak. And he's holding us there. But don't you stop praying and being fervent and effectual in your praying. You stand. And the Bible says, having, to done, having done all, stand. There's a time that we have to Stand. And you know, the Bible talks about in that standing period that we're to be strengthened in the inner man with might or power. There's something, Mabel, on the inside of us that God wants to do. It's like, it's like give us steel in our spirit, a strength in our spirit. Be strengthened in your inner man, not in your mind. Now, you can exercise your mind on the Word and get stronger there. But if you're just relying on your mind, it's not going to get it. You be strengthened in the inner man. And then you go to... uh, That's in Ephesians 3, I think. And then if you go over to Ephesians 6, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. You know what that's talking about? Be strong in your union, in your fellowship, in your connection with God. See, when you're effectual and you're fervent in your praying, there's a strength and a power and a might that God places on the inside of you. And you're not the old you. People can look at you and think that you're the old you, but you are not. You are changed. You are strengthened. You are given might by your union with God. And with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So let's look at the Amplified Bible of James 5.16. Will you put that up there for me so we can look at that? My goodness, did God say that in the Bible? Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false step, your offenses, and your sins. And Pray. Also for one another, that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now, that's a powerful scripture right there. You know, know sometimes what we need in prayer, we need humility. Well, I'm so spiritual. I've got everything together and I don't ever mess up and everybody loves me. (laughs) You know, see, you get on your high horse, you're going to get in trouble and you're not going to be effective in prayer. We don't need to brag on ourselves. God can send somebody to do that if we need some bragging. <laughs> or you need some encouragement. You know what I'm saying? You know, bless our little hearts. Sometimes we must not get it because we want to brag <laughs> on ourselves, But that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be humble and have humility. Amen? Now listen to this other part. The earnest, heartfelt, remember we talked about that? The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. It makes when you have an effectual, fervent prayer, heartfelt, full of zeal, red-hot fire, when you have that kind of prayer... Of a righteous man, it makes tremendous power available. I don't know about you, but I need tremendous power. I don't just need a little dabble, do you? I want tremendous power. And see, God says all the time, if we will pray, this tremendous power will be released. But do we believe it? Do we believe it? Lord, help our unbelief. You know, do we believe? If we believe it, then it will change the way that we pray. It will change what we ask God for. And it will change what we expect when we ask God for things. Amen? Am I on somebody's toes yet? Let's turn to Luke 18.1. This is Jesus speaking. And He spake a parable unto them to this end. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, let's look at that. That men ought always to pray. Well, I'm going through a tough time. What should I do? Pray. Well, someone at work is really giving me a hard time. What, what should I do? Uh, somebody is persecuting me and talking about me. What should I do? I've got a financial need. What should I do? See, now I'm not saying that that's all that you do, but that's what he tells you to do. That's what you ought to do. First thing, pray. What do we do many times? The last thing we do. Oh, well, it's come to that. I guess we ought to pray. You know, we've tried everything in the world. But he said men ought always to pray. Now, I'm not telling you again that that's everything you need to do. If you've got a financial Need, there's lots of things in the Bible about that. If you've got problem in relationships, there's lots of things in the Bible about what you need to do to handle relationships. I mean, you know, all kinds of needs, there's all kinds of answers in that book. But the first thing He tells you to do is pray. And you know what I found when I pray, God again will speak to me, and He, well, you need to do this, and you need to say that, and you need to sow this seed, and you need to give this. You call that person and you encourage them. You know, He will tell me to do things. I heard someone the other day, um, and, and they were talking about how, that someone was really persecuting them, coming against them, speaking verbally, you know, just, you know, slander and things that really weren't true and all of that. And you know what God spoke and told this person to do as they prayed about it? You know what God said to do? You, you send them a gift. Well, let me tell you something. Listen to this. Now, this is going to be a shocker. You know, the Bible says that your gift will make room for you. So that's scriptural. Now, should everybody do that in every case? I don't think so. You know, it could be taken the wrong way. You know, not trying to buy someone. You know, that's not what we're talking about. But we're saying, do something kind for someone else. So you pray. Men ought always to pray, but there can be more than that. Okay? So men ought always to pray and what? Not faint. Faint. I'm going to tell you, too many of God's children in these last days are fainting. And if we look along the pathway of life, we see them laid out over here, laid out over there, you know, off somewhere in the distance, you know, but God said that we shouldn't faint. And I like what the Amplified Bible says. Josh, if you will, put that up, um, Luke 18, 1 in the Amplified, and let's look at this. Also, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward. You see, much of the time what we need is courage. Didn't, uh, didn't the Bible speak Joshua through Joshua's, you know, the book of Joshua chapter number one, be very courageous, be bold as a lion. You see that men ought always to pray and not faint, not turn coward. Now listen to this, faint, lose heart. I'm going to tell you, that's one of the biggest things that we have to fight, losing heart. Losing heart for what? Losing heart for the Lord, losing heart for the things of God, losing heart for the, with the Bible, losing heart with our relationship in our local church just losing heart. See, that's why I'm talking about fervency of spirit. When you pray, you need to be fervent in spirit. You need to let that fire of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, you know, a message like this, Tony, will serve to fan the flame. Maybe it's just an ember. Maybe just one little ember, but just let it, let the Word of God, let the Spirit of God fan the flame. And and, and let it come back up and let the fire of God come back up in your life and let the zeal of God. Just think back when you were born again or when you first got filled with the Holy Spirit and the intensity for the Lord and for the things of Lord that you had. See, you're not going to go back to those days and live there quite in the same way. but, But God does want you to hold on to something very precious in your spiritual life. And that's the fervency of spirit the fire and zeal of God. He does want... Now, it will be manifest as we walk with the Lord more and more. It's going to be manifest in a different way. It's not going to be just like when we were maybe babes in Christ or, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't want to lead you to believe that. But I'm telling you, I have been serving the Lord fervently since 1975, I believe, around in there. Because up till that time, I was born again, but I was lukewarm. I was in and out, you know. If you if you knew me then, you don't know. You know, you wouldn't. You just wouldn't know me, because I had no zeal. I wanted it now. Honestly, I did, because I remember telling the Lord, "Lord, there's got to be more than be, to being a Christian than what I'm experiencing." I did tell the Lord that. I did. Because I I wasn't satisfied where I was and, you know, I was easily influenced. I'd be around people and if they did this, then I'd do that instead of standing up and making a difference and having that zeal for the Lord. But, you know, I started on that journey with the Lord probably in 1975, really fully with all of my heart, and I haven't stopped there have been times along the way that my journey has been difficult and maybe where I wasn't as fervent in spirit as I needed to be, but I never have, and in Jesus' name, never will lose the fire and fervency of the Holy Spirit. And I hope you say that with me. I hope you say that with me. So let's put that scripture back up there. Uh, Luke 18:1 out of the Amplified that we should not turn coward. See, in your faith, when you run into difficulties and tests and trials and life becomes difficult and you don't know how you're going to stand and you don't know how you're going to make it, but you trust the Lord. You trust Him. And you don't have to be a coward. He'll just piggyback you for a little while. And maybe your brothers and sisters, if you're connected in the local church, they'll help you for a little while. But you don't you don't have to turn coward. You don't have to faint. You don't have to lose your heart and you don't have to give up. Say, I won't give up. up. Now see, those are just not light, trite little words. I will not give up. No matter what I'm facing, I will not give up. Folks, I'm gonna tell you something. I don't like to go here a lot because it's very difficult for me. But there was two and a half years ago where I came this close. I wanted to give up. But you know what kept me going? There was that fire. There was that fire that was in me. And He wouldn't let me go. He wouldn't let me go. And I had people that were surrounding me and holding my hands up in prayer Because if they hadn't, I would have quit. I wanted to go. I didn't want to be here. But I thank God. I thank God that the fire didn't die. I've been through the fire. I've been through the flood. But God brings us out to a wealthy place. He brings us out. When you think you can't hold your head up, when you think you can't go on, God, the God connection is there and He will not let you go. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.